You're listening to Lipedema Live. Legs, lifestyle, all things Lipedema. Welcome to Lipedema Live. Welcome, welcome to Lipedema Live. For Lipedema ladies around the world, you're listening to our very first podcast full of Lipedema stories, secrets, and insights. So let's start by getting to know each other officially. Here's a little bit about me. My name is Eva. I'm 30 and I have Lipedema. I'm from England originally, but I've lived across the world for the last 12 years and am now living in Middle East. I recently married and decided that I wanted to do something new with my time. And having had two operations for lipedema, I decided that now was a perfect time to share my information and journey about lipedema to women around the world in the hope that something that I've experienced might help them with some of the problems that they're facing in their conditions. So that brings me to introducing lovely Emma. Emma, can you tell me a little bit about you? Where are you from? Tell us about yourself. Thank you, Eva. I'm Emma, and uh, I'm from Sweden. Uh, I'm turning 37 this year. Oh my God, that's so old. <laughs> that is not old. <laughs> um, I work within the industry uh, as a manager, but I decided to do this with Eva. I wanted to share this information about how you can live with lipedema. So I'm actually going to do this uh, full time from now on. I have been working with different kind of jobs. Uh, I don't have the same experience like Eva by traveling and working all over the world, but I have done many different jobs uh, under my time. Uh, However, I am doing this because I truly believe that we need to inform and we need to uh, change how you look on lipedema. Um, I live with my family uh, in a house that we have uh, built and we have a very busy life with just doing everyday stuff, you know, taking care of the kids, uh, taking care of the house. Um, My uh, Johan, who is my fiancé, is working uh, in the industry as well and uh, we really like being out in the nature, exercise, and uh, love having uh, friends over for dinners and so on. So my family consists of my uh, my fiancé and my two children, who is uh, turning five and three this summer. Oh, that's lovely. Well, I would love to hear about your journey with lipedema from diagnosis and living with it to where you are today. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, of course. Um... I think I had lipedema when I was a teenager, actually. Uh, it started pretty early with the hormones and, and so on. And um, I think that I had some up and down. Sometimes the lipedema was worse and sometimes it was better. But I didn't actually found out that I had lipedema until uh, just about uh, three years ago soon two and a half actually, when my second uh, child was born, Uh, because I saw this lady on TV who was talking about it, and then I just knew that this is the disease I had. 
because I have went to so many different doctors and so many different treatments and nothing, nothing really helped and no one knew what I was struggling with. Um, so all I knew was that I did have this pain in my legs that was so terrible, you know, I couldn't walk sometimes, some days and I couldn't even have a social life because I just wanted to stay home and and, uh, and uh, lie in the couch or in the bed. Um, so after I saw this lady on TV, I actually went to a lymphotherapist here in Sweden uh, and she just looked at me and she could just say, uh, she just looked at me and she could see that I had lipedema. Then she started to feel on my body, and she could uh, see that I had. Uh, she felt that I had lipedema on my stomach, on my arms, and my legs. But I did have some pain in both arms and legs. But I never had any pain in my stomach, so that had never been a problem. Um, so when I met this lady, she actually changed my world because she started to make uh, this right compression clothes for me, both on arms and legs, and uh, she really made sure that I got rid of some of the pain. But I just knew that this was not the right way for me. You know, I, I can't wear them, wear these clothes 24-7. That's not an option for me. Um, so I decided quite early to do a surgery. So I have done two surgeries. Uh, the first surgery was only my leg. Uh, it was, my surgeon was actually very surprised see that I had so much in my legs. I actually got a reduced price because she didn't think I had so much. <laughs> but then she, after she was ready, she was so, she was so surprised and she never knew that, she never could believe that I had so much lipidema in my legs. And the second ch- surgery was actually because I've got some of the lipidema back in my legs and then I also chose to uh, do my arms because they hurt more after the second child. And um, so I really do have experience from surgery after kids. And the most exciting about this is that Eva actually have the experience from surgery before kids, don't you? I do indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about that. I know that you, Eva, is really have a busy life, uh, especially before lockdown. But what about your lipidema story? Can you tell us about it? Well, yeah, sure. So similar to yourself, I went to many doctors, many nutritionists, dietitians. I went to the gym. I had personal trainers. I tried everything. Um, and this is goes back to even when I was a teenager. I really distinctly remember being a teenager and being influenced by diets like Slim Fast and Cabbage Soup Diet and those kind of retro methods of losing lots of weight in a short time frame. And even if I was successful in losing weight on my upper body, my lower body just didn't change. Like my legs were heavy. And from being, I guess, like a 10 or 11-year-old girl, I was that kind of typical super slim up and down athletic frame and then suddenly overnight like boom when puberty hit I just became this very 
heavy set lower legged girl. And I saw a photo of myself earlier. Someone sent it to me from school and I just couldn't believe that was me. Like in puberty, my lipedema was so severe. I remember that I used to try and make up excuses not to be in sports lessons because I didn't want to wear the shorts at school in front of all the boys and girls and be laughed at. I didn't want to go swimming. Um, I would like shy away from birthday parties that had anything to do with changing your clothes into like, I don't know, ski outfits or anything. And then um, I just tried all the techniques as a teenager thinking I'm just heavy, I'm big until I got into my early 20s and then I really started going to doctors and most of the doctors just kind of laughed me out the room and just thought I was lazy (laughs) Uh, until I met one French doctor and she said, you look like you have poor circulation. So I did a course of mesotherapy and then it wasn't till about another five years later and I'd almost given up and uh, I was on Instagram and I searched something like big legs or why are my legs heavy And I found loads and loads of women, primarily Spanish women at the time, I don't know why, um, who were talking about lipedema. And it was really amazing to like hear these stories and see their photos. And it was like looking in a mirror. I felt like that's totally me. Those are my legs. That's my life. (laughs) And I was desperate to find a doctor who was going to tell me, this is what you have. You're not paranoid. Um, And so I flew. for a consultation with a a doctor in Madrid and actually he said to me like you know I was fully clothed and he said look if you don't have it we're not going to operate and we're just here for a consultation but a bit like yourself as soon as I took my clothes off and they study the area they immediately see the symptoms and that's where he said you know your early stage two it's a good thing you've caught it now because it was progressing so quickly so badly and I was becoming so self-conscious of it um just because you can't find any clothes that fit and the pain is getting worse and it's just like why am I having this I'm still you know we're still too young to have these feelings of being, you know, a woman who's kind of elderly. That's how I felt. I felt like I had to sit down if I was walking somewhere. Um, And I was so relieved when he told me because I just felt like it all made sense and I had something to follow. Um, And then a bit like yourself, I didn't really want to wear compression for the rest of my life every day, all day, every day. However, I did try, you have to do it before the surgery, of course, um, to, to keep them on, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. which, was, which was a struggle. Um, and I had, like yourself, uh, I've had two operations, but both of mine were only on my legs. I did lower legs first and then upper legs because I had quite a lot of volume to remove. Mm. I'm still hoping to consider arms at a later stage because they're really starting to give me pain. However, a little bit of yeah. news is that Although you had your surgeries after your kids, I am currently pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so I will yay! have to, yay! So I might have to do any sort of future plans the next year or two uh, afterwards if I'm going to go and do anything. So I think for me, this is going to be a big learning curve about how to manage lipedema in pregnancy. Even if you've had surgery, there will be hormonal changes. There are triggers and I have to be mindful of what to look out for to, to stop it progressing. Yeah, that's the right way to handle it. And and as like Eva said, you have to learn how to wear compression twenty four seven just to to know your disease and to accept it before you go into surgery. That's mm. so important because it's so much in your head. You know, you have to accept it, mm. or else you won't be able to live with lipedema uh, because it's a part of you. It will always be. So, congrats, Eva, till. 
to the pregnancy and it's so worth it even if it's gonna bring you some hormones and maybe some changes in your body uh, but tell me how is your pregnancy with lipedema right now well i'm only in the second trimester so the first trimester was like i'm sure like most pregnant women it's pretty uncomfortable with the nausea and uh, some headaches and things like that but i was watching my legs and so far so good drinking lots of water i haven't had too much swelling or pain and i probably think that that's due to having already done the surgeries last year um, I know for yourself, when you were pregnant, your your symptoms and your signs start were there from the, from the get go. You had to suffer with those with those awful <laughs> side effects of lipedema. Um, but as as you've mentioned to me, I think when you reach the third trimester, you know when the body's getting bigger and the baby's growing, and you naturally have a lot of swelling and water retention. Those will be the testing times uh, and probably the bigger hormonal changes. Um, that I will have yeah. to keep an eye on. But for now, so far, so good. And it's nice to talk to other women who've had lipedema or have lipedema who who have uh, gone through pregnancies because they can share their tips with me and hopefully I stay on the right path. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's really good to talk about because I think so many women have so many fear and questions about lipedema and pregnancy at the same time and how to make it work. I know for me, when I first found out I was pregnant, I wasn't necessarily planning it so early on after a surgery, but I okay. was filled with fear and I was filled with dread because I thought, oh my gosh, only seven or eight months ago I did the surgery, still not fully recovered. And what if it all comes back? And I didn't want this like negative cloud to overtake or overshadow the joy of this great blessing, but... It was inevitable and I found myself frantically Googling because I just had those visions of just suddenly ballooning and being and being really heavy and huge because even ladies without lipedema, you know, they really can have huge hormonal changes in pregnancy and it can really affect their bodies. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. think the more I come to terms with that you are living with lipedema and it cannot stop you from doing things you want to do in your life. Like why sacrifice having a family because of the fear of what it might do to your legs um, as opposed to, you know, finding the best ways to adapt your day-to-day -day life during pregnancy and, and being sensible. And uh, I just, I really hope that other women that are scared to have a baby don't not start a family out of fear of lipedema. I think especially as advancements and innovations are getting so much better now with doctors and associations yeah. and awareness that there'll be a lot more out there mm. to make people not as scared to to take these steps yeah 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 of course now I'm actually gonna tell you two secrets before we're gonna move on to um touch the main points for managing lipedema uh, so the first secret is that i only had five months between my uh, second child was born and my surgery <gasps> that's not a very long time um, I know this is something that is not so accepted for some people but I, I actually stopped breastfeeding so I can do my surgery mm. that was a choice I had to to make because I had so much pain so uh, and the second uh, the, the the second secret I have is that, sorry to say, but many of the problems you have after pregnancy is gonna 
stuck with you for a while. <laughs> so, so sorry to say that that you do have the some kind of same problems that you do during pregnancy uh, with cramps and other stuff for a quite long time afterwards. I think that's actually more likely to have when you have lipedema because you have you are so in touch with your hormones. So um, that's something you have to live with. Mm. So let's go to the main points for managing lipedema, whether you have surgery or not. What do you think is relevant to bring up, Eva? Well, I think uh, for me, the main things that I changed in my lifestyle to help my lipedema was... I'll start with diet and food. So I really was, I've said this so many times, but I was someone that grabbed coffees on the go, milky cappuccinos. I skipped meals. And when I ate, I ate too much and I ate lots of carb-rich gluten foods um, because I kind of neglected myself. I just put other things first, like work, and I was young and trying to get up the career ladder and all those sorts of things. I didn't realize the, you know, the stress it was putting on the body and lymphatic system. So I think that my biggest change and one of the best things you can do for managing lipedema is eliminating gluten and dairy, those two triggers. And of course, anything else that causes inflammation, um, which could be things like alcohol or, you know, processed foods, fast foods. Um, But I think also trying to find really delicious substitutes so you don't feel like you're sacrificing everything all the time otherwise like you said you're living with it it's not something that just disappears overnight so for me that's probably my biggest uh point of what i what i want to introduce into my life every single day um as well as which you are always so good at uh exercise (laughs) i don't do hardly enough (laughs) but i see you doing so much over there in sweden with your great outdoor so maybe you can tell us a bit about your your diet and your uh, your exercise routines yeah um as you said i don't eat any gluten or uh, milk protein Uh, i do sometimes cheat but we're going to talk about that in uh, the next uh, podcast but I do exercise quite a lot, but I don't do so much um, so much hard work workout. I do uh, power walks. Uh, I try to go for power walk every morning. Actually, that's so great start on your day and before breakfast because then your lymph system needs to wake up. That's a great start for your lymph system, and and then afterwards eat breakfast and then the whole body can take care of the breakfast, if you know what I mean. Mm. The, the the lymphatic system can handle it. Um, I try to try to exercise. I have like a treadmill. I have a a gym in my in my garage. Uh, but I never I never train hard because then you get swollen and your lipedema doesn't like hard training. Uh, I can do it sometimes because I used to work at a gym. I am an instructor in spinning and boxing. I love to to work out really hard. But when I do work out hard, I really choose when. My body needs to feel like top-notch, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you can try to work out a little bit harder. But that I, I won't recommend it to do it every day. Then I would 
really recommend to just having long walks. Mm. Yeah, I feel that long walks are more beneficial. And I think I realized that even before I knew I had lipedema, I was good at long walks. I was good at long distance, moderate sports. And I love swimming and cycling. But then if I went to those high intensity Mm. cardio classes and things that I did when I was desperate to lose weight, I did. I'd I'd come out feeling so heavy. My legs were like, like logs just like concrete and the next day you'd really feel it and you'd convince yourself it was the muscles are tired or uh, you know it was a great workout Mm. because I hurt so much but you shouldn't really hurt (laughs) after normal sports (laughs) no that's so interesting that we had the same experience of uh, high intensity workout yeah I mean I tried them all I did them all (laughs) yeah (laughs) so I I also want to say that you really, like you mentioned earlier, that you don't, you have to feel when it's time to stop eating. Because lipedema are uh, sometimes really, uh, lipedema is sometimes mistaken for uh, being fat, overweight, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I think it's very close, there are diseases that are very close to each other, but you need to feel when, now I'm going to stop eating because now I'm not eating because of hunger. Now I'm eating because of emotion. That's a really good way to start the my journey. You have to know your body. You have to know yourself and what your body needs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think those trigger foods I talked about also give you such a spike in you know sugar and glucose and whatever that you crash afterwards and you feel low mood Mm. low energy it can cause Mm. things you know they've said it can cause you know it doesn't help depression if you're eating uh, those sorts of foods um and anxiety and so as soon as you start eating foods that are better for your body i think you can feel full for longer uh and keep your kind of spikes uh to a little bit more of an even line so I think those are the things that I've really yeah. seen perhaps as I've matured and changed my habits that have really, really helped. But you're right, knowing your body and listening to when you're full and making sure that you're getting the right nutrients. Like you might be craving something like a particular sweet yeah. thing and it's your body's way of telling you, you know, you're low on whatever, potassium or you should go and grab a banana yeah. or maybe you're low on something and you should, you should compensate that with something rich in tomatoes. So it's knowing what those signals your body's trying to tell you are um, and, and managing yeah, that. Exactly. Mm, exactly. And there are other ways to, to uh, managing those kind of, uh, you know, when you want something like sugar or there are so many other ways. I like eating uh, nuts, cashew. I like eating uh, avocado. I eat dark chocolate. You know, there's so many ways. And when you once started out doing the other ways, you won't go back to sugar. You you don't need sugar anymore. No, exactly. Because I haven't eaten sugar for so long now when I don't need it. I don't want it. Mm, mm, exactly. And I think once I eat such high sugary foods that I used to love, they taste so different now. Mm. I think you really do adjust. It takes time. Um, but like I can't drink yeah. I can't drink normal milk now. If I was to smell that, it would just taste so different to what I used to have daily. I couldn't yeah. imagine drinking cupfuls of it in cappuccinos anymore. I'm so used to almond milk and different flavors that it's very weird to me now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's so true that you need to have some other ways, but it, it's, you need to find substitutes, but otherwise I don't think you can 
stick to the diet. I mm-hmm. really, truly believe that because it's a hard diet that we are on. There's many sacrifices and you, you won't be able to eat like everyone else is eating, uh, especially with kids, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to adjust every meal every time because they need uh, nutrition that I don't need. It's, it's very important to, to adjust everything. And it takes time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's so easy to go and uh, buy a burger and a, or a pizza, uh, but it's not worth it. Worth it. You have to to the, the, the right way is to do your own clean food. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think in our next podcast, we can go into a lot more detail on nutrition for lipedema, what to eat, what to avoid, the do's and don'ts, some of the places where gluten and dairy can be hidden and you least expect them, like in your salads or your soya sauce. Um, And I'm sure there's a lot of uh, interesting facts you can tell me from your experience living in Sweden and your food choices Mm -hmm. and me living on the other side of the world and some of the places I shop and dishes that we both like to prepare to, to help our legs. Yeah, exactly. I do think that we are uh, eating a lot of same food, even though we live in so different places. I yeah. do really think so. Yeah, definitely. When I, when I watch your recipes, I want to cook them the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so everything in moderation, that's the right word. Or as we say in Sweden, everything in has to be lagom. Oh, that's lovely. Well, thank you all for tuning in to Lipedema Live. Today was our very first podcast with me, Eva, and the lovely Emma. If you have any questions for our next podcast, which is all about nutrition in lipedema, you can find us on Instagram. Mine is Eva Lipedema, and Emma's is lipodem underscore fighter. Until the next time, stay safe and don't let your heavy legs hold you back. You're listening to Lipedema Live. Legs, lifestyle, all things Lipedema. Welcome to Lipedema Live. Welcome, welcome to Lipedema Live.